Hello, you're listening to season two of the Living Library radio podcast series. The Living Library is a multimodal storytelling program of the New Canadian Centre Peterborough that aims to share human stories of immigration and integration. In this series, you'll meet six newcomers living, working, and building their lives in Peterborough and Northumberland in Ontario, Canada. They hail from El Salvador, Peru, Syria, and Venezuela and have many stories to share with you. This series is produced by the New Canadian Centre in partnership with Trent Radio. And now, here's your host, Jill Stavely. Thank you, Bisham. Yep, it's me, Jill Stavely, Director of Programming at Trent Radio 92.7 CFFFFM, and your host for Season 2 of the Living Library Radio Podcast Series. This week, we meet Jose Miguel Hernandez, a newcomer from Venezuela. He'll tell us his story, followed by an interview. Hello, my name is Miguel Hernandez. I'm from Venezuela. I came to Canada first time in August 2014, and I'm here today to tell you my story. My story is a little bit all over the place. I have too many things to say in such a little time, but I'll try to make it work. Um, because I'm here with the New Canadian Centre today, I would like to go right away into how I got to know the New Canadian Centre. I came on, let's say, August 18th, 2014, and I came to my uncle's house. The day after I came, he took me to the New Canadian Centre. He said to me, here you are on your own. So here you have the New Canadian Centre and the bus terminal, so there you go. This is all you need to know about Canada. So find your way around because I cannot be driving you everywhere and doing everything for you. So there you go. So I think on August 19th, I was at the New Canadian Center. And that was awesome for me because I was already in a place where I belong. I felt connected to so many people because somehow everybody was from a different place. And I love that. As soon as I came in, I could see multiculturalism, and that's something that I absolutely love. Since that moment, I kind of became a client to the New Canadian Center. Let's go back to the beginning. So I was from Venezuela trying to leave a country that wasn't good for me at the moment. Young people didn't have a future because of the political situation and everything that was going on in Venezuela at the time. So since day one, I knew that I wanted to become a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident at the time. I tried to find ways to do that in Canada. Again, because of my country situation, I came with a student visa to go to college and do English as a second language and then continue with a master's. But because of the situation in my country, they denied me the money to go to school. So I couldn't go to school. So since day one, I'm not a student anymore. I'm a visitor. That complicated all my life. And my immigration process went from heaven to hell in two seconds. So with that being said and clear since day one, I was still looking for options, like looking for grants, going to the universities and asking for help, explaining my situation. And sadly, nothing came out of it. So I still decided to stay as long as I could and take advantage and get to know the culture and luckily fall in love with Canada as a country. My first few years in Canada were a little bit rough. Um, I wasn't able to work. 
I wasn't like I didn't have health coverage, so I wasn't allowed to make money, to get sick, to nothing. So I'm like, good luck, and maybe this is a patient's game, and you have to understand that this is a process, and everybody goes through similar situations. So when that was clear to me, then I kind of became like a full-time New Canadian Centre client. I was here every day, all day, taking English classes, intermediate and beginner, and then advanced, because I had some grammar knowledge from back home, but I was so afraid of speaking, like so, so afraid of making mistakes. Something funny from my country is that we tend to judge a lot in many ways, like the way you dress or the way you speak or the way you eat or the way like all the manners are important. So you have to speak a proper Spanish, which I do. So I wanted to do the same with English. So I was always afraid of making mistakes. One thing that I say since day one, and I will always say, is that Canadians are like the best of the best. Like you are so nice. You are so sweet to people. You love to connect and you love to hear everybody's story. So people, instead of judging me for my accent or my lack of English, they were just so intrigued, wanting to know who I was. So that changed a little bit, like it flipped the coin on like making my accent my strength and not my weakness. So that's how important it was for me with the New Canadian Center and the English classes. Then I started doing some volunteering for like Multicultural Canada Day and a few other events with the New Canadian Center, which was really, really nice. And you get to know people and you get to kind of integrate to the community. To me, it's so important to be part of the community. Um, my family wonders, how do I do? Because I only have five, six years in Canada and I know like a million times more people than they do. So, <laughs> but I personally love it. I love connecting. I love making network and, and I love getting to know people and hearing everybody's stories as well. So I'm really grateful because the New Canadian Centre helped me with that as well. Now, during all that process, my head was going everywhere. So I cannot work. I cannot do many things. What can I do? And I went downtown, Peterborough once, and I found the art school of Peterborough. And I was able to join the art school. Little did I know that that was going to be my other second home because I fell in love with the art school right away and they were super helpful as well. I signed up for a class. The class ended and then I wanted to keep going. But I couldn't afford it anymore. Like my funds were running out and I couldn't afford it. So the director, Jenny Johnson, said to me, you give more to the school than what you will give us on money. So you are more than welcome to take any classes, anytime. So I became like a art school fanatic and still to this day, I'm part of it. I'm on the board of the art school of Peterborough. I teach drawing at the art school of Peterborough. It's just part of my life. Like literally art saved me. I was in the verge of making really, really bad decisions. And I was really depressed and I was really lost and art literally saved me from making all these bad choices. And, and that's what I want to be, like that's what I want to become, somehow like an advocate for people who struggle in so many ways 
and understand that art is not just painting something or creating something, it's putting your emotions into something and draining that way and, and letting go and just live and enjoy. That's one part of my story coming to Canada. Immigration was super hard, but I was able to do it eventually. And then, because Venezuela, even though it's in such a bad shape, politically, economically, socially, it doesn't count as a country that can apply for refugees. Like, I wasn't being prosecuted and I wasn't in a place where my life was in danger, so I couldn't apply to be a refugee. Um, at the time, the country was making like $10 a month, and that's what I was making. So where do I get $50,000 to sign up for a master's degree? You know, like I already have my bachelor's degree. I, I won't go to an undergrad again. I just want to do a master's. So I went looking for grants and nobody gave me a grant because I needed to roll into the program before I could get a grant. So like in my head, everything was backwards. Like, how do I get a grant? How do I sign up if I don't have money? So anyway, like it, it became really complicated. A year passed and then I had to leave because my visa expired. So I went to Chile for a year, for around 10 months, 11 months. The reasoning for going to Chile is because Venezuela was in such worse place ever since I left that it was just easier to go somewhere else. And the easiest country to immigrate at that time was Chile. And I had a lot of friends in Chile. So I said, okay, why not? Day one in Chile, I realized how much in love I was in this country and how much of, of a home Canada was for me. I have never felt this way before. Like I never miss, like I miss Venezuela. Yes, I miss my friends and I miss my family and I miss foods and things and like the culture. But somehow in Canada, I was free. I was happy. So I realized this, not while I was here, but when I left. So Chile was like the best and the worst experience of my life because it taught me clearly what I don't want for my life. So I was so focused and determined on coming back to Canada because I didn't finish my life. I didn't finish what I had to do in Canada. So I, st I stayed in Chile for around 10 months, 11 months, and then I came back. I still with no options like immigration-wise, still with no future, still with nothing. But I said, I don't know why, but I have to go back. So I did. I applied for a humanitarian and compassionate visa, waited like two and a half years, almost three years, never heard an answer back, never heard anything. In the meantime, I met my husband and he proposed to me and it was the sweetest thing and, and then we got married and then we have to start all over again, all the visa process, but now with hope and with love in the middle. So love was like the motor, you know, like the engine pushing all the process and making everything possible. After those like three and a half years, I was finally able to be in Canada forever. So it was like finally a day to celebrate. I was in the closet all my life, afraid of coming out and accepting that I was gay. Back home, we are super religious and Catholicism is really, really strict for so many things and, and we weren't allowed to be gay. In my house and everybody around me was pretty much against gay people. So you hear, you grow up hearing all these things. So in your head, you are the wrong one, not the rest. So... 
when I first came to Canada in 2014, I started to see how open everything is, how you can have your religion, but not be so strict, how you can have your beliefs that you cannot like mandate what people should live like. What happens within you is within you. And you give people the respect and the chance of being whatever they want to be. Even though I saw that since day one, it like I wasn't able to come out of the closet until the week before I left. I was so afraid. So I have my cousin here and my uncle, as I mentioned before. So the first person I called was my cousin, my cousin's wife, which became my best, best, best friend. I couldn't stop crying. Like I cried for like three hours trying to say that I was gay. And then I did to my uncle. And then I kind of started gaining courage to embrace who I really was instead of what I was trying to be, like this perfect Miguel, I guess. So when I left, I went to Venezuela for a week or so, like maybe two weeks. And then I told all my family, like, you know what? Like, this is who I am. Like, I cannot live a lie anymore. I am gay and I am proud of who I am. So I will appreciate if you accept me and respect who I am since I was a child. This is who I am. So that was shocking back home, but they accepted me and up to this day, like things are easy and they love me and they love my husband and, and everything is better than I could have imagined. I think I'm going back and forth, but that's how it is. So many things to say, so many parts to the story that it's hard to put it all lined up. So then I came back to Canada again and I met my, my husband. Um, and it was so funny because my husband is from Newfoundland. And he's, his family is also super religious. And I'm from Venezuela, super religious. So it's so funny because when I went to Newfoundland to meet their family, it was like somehow I went back to Venezuela. Like, what is this? Like, the community is so small. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody lives based on religion, which is it's great, I guess. <laughs> no, like, I think, I think it's nice when people find a way to put their faith into a religion, right? Like, when they are devoted to something. I just don't like it when those religions affect many other people's lives. I'm all for the good and I'm none for the bad. So it, it was amazing uh, to interact with people from Newfoundland and I, I couldn't understand them. They couldn't understand me. Like, it, it was funny. And then in that trip, my husband proposed on the airplane on the way back. So I landed in Toronto engaged. So it was like super sweet. And then it's the planning of the wedding. And then, and then that's the end of the story, the love story. And up to this day, almost four years and still happily. And we just bought a house and we are making our new nest, the most beautiful nest ever. Back to volunteering, back to the New Canadian Center. I kind of distanced myself a little bit from the New Canadian Center because then I got my work permit. Then I was able to do things, so I kind of was trying to find my own way, which I did, but always with the art, like always related to art and to um, immigration somehow. And then fast forward, COVID hits, I kind of lose all my jobs. I kind of like, 
I get an email from Yvonne, Yvonne Lay from the New Canadian Center, inviting me to be part of a newcomer leadership group. You know, like in all this time, I feel like I have so much to say and so much that I can help people with through my story because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only gay man who live afraid of telling the truth. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only artist who lived afraid of doing art because art is not a career, people say, or like, you know, it's the, less, the least important career, or, or like, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who struggled for so many years to get established into a country. So I feel like my story is so diverse that I can help people in so many different ways. So I saw this invitation as a really great opportunity which it was, like I met so many amazing people and so many amazing leaders. We made friendships out of it and it was an eight week long course. It was just so amazing to learn about governance and how to be a part of a board of directors and how to be a leader in the community. What I took from it, the most important thing I I believe is one day during this session and everybody's just talking about never give up and never stop dreaming, you know, like the super cliche phrases, like, yes, like never stop dreaming, but how? So I'm telling my story because it makes me a lot of noise every time I hear those things, because I feel like I have fought so much and so hard for being where I am. And yes, I'm not a quitter and I haven't quit and I haven't stopped dreaming, but it has been so, so hard some days. And then I asked, the panel of guests. So you're saying this and you're saying this, never stop dreaming, never stop fighting, like speak up, all these things. But then let me flip the coin and and let me ask you these questions if you don't mind me. So I started saying, well, you spent so many years unable to do many things. Assuming you like outgrow that, how do you, you move forward from that? That's fine. Then the language barrier, that's another thing. Then discrimination, and that's another thing. Then gay, being gay, that's another thing. Then not being able to find a job because of your career is already expired because you haven't worked in your field for six years by now. Then assuming that I passed that too, then that's okay. Then you decide to do art. Then it's hard for people to buy your art because they don't know you. You are nobody. So you pass that. And I'm saying all this crying like I broke down in tears and I couldn't even speak my question to them was like how do you keep going when everything is pushing you down like the system like it's not a person you know it's literally the system you cannot talk to anybody you cannot there is nobody to talk to it's just you against the system the answer was again well you never quit dreaming and you never stop dreaming and you keep believing in yourself so somehow it was a little short the answer, like a little generic, you know, because these people are in power. These people are already on the top. So there should be a little bit more of empathy, I guess, or a little like a better bridge between us and them. But that day, I kind of, it was so clear to me that being vulnerable was somehow my superpower. I have to stop pretending to be this amazing whatever or have the biggest expectations and and understand that my emotions and my sensibility is what's going to take me where I want to go. After that, I made a great friendship with Cassandra. I met her through the leadership group and then 
the city of Peterborough launched a call for artists to paint a mural on Hunter Street. So we decided, oh, should we apply? Should we apply? Like, what do we do? So we joined together and we made this proposal based on immigration and Peterborough as the center of where we are, right? Like, as, as our home. So we like discussed back and forth ideas, and then we came up with this idea of making a picnic by the water. So representing the Canadian landscape as the water, and we had some canoes and kayaks, and and then a picnic blanket in the land with a um, what is this pattern checker? We said, well, what about we make the picnic blanket representing Peterborough? And then we have ants carrying food from all over the world, representing us, like the immigrants. I think that's brilliant. And then we came with more ideas, like we'll put everyone is welcome in the blanket. And then to make it interactive, let's put hello in the 10 most common countries that immigrate to Peterborough. So we bring people, we bring the community, and we represent all that we are. So we get an email from the organization saying, uh, could you meet us at site number one? So it was so shockingly, like so shocking and so reassuring of what we are and what we have and what we have to say and what we have to offer. So that's what I want to be. Like this person who makes people believe that there is a chance. And I think that's where I am. And that's it for me. That's my story, I guess. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You tell your story with such honesty and detail. You've already answered so many of my questions. And the one question that I do want to ask you, and it's about this idea that you said love was the motor that carried you through and that you wish that there was more of an understanding and a bridge between people who were leaders and people who were asking for help. What advice, what words would you give to someone coming to Canada now in your shoes who's trying to find hope? Well, thank you for asking that question because after the Newcomer Leadership Group, then the group created a Newcomer to Peterborough group. So it's on Facebook and it's a group of maybe eight people and we are all for helping each other. But what I would say is that First, like, don't be afraid of asking. There are two ways of looking at life. And to me, one is what happens in your head just happens in your head. And there is another thing what happens when you speak up. So it doesn't have to be for anything specific, but for everything as well. Like you can ask for a glass of water or you can ask for help or financial advice or you name it, because we come here knowing nothing, right? Like, and I'm going to give you an example. Like, I have no financial education, like none. We come from a place where we live day by day. You eat today, you don't know if you eat tomorrow, right? So how are you asking me to plan for my retirement in 40 years when I stop working? And, and many people, like, Money is a delicate topic because nobody wants to know how much money you make or how much money you have or how, mo how much money you don't have. But even on that topic, it's so hard to find the answers, you know. But by you asking and by you opening up, somehow the universe is going to give back 
there is a saying, like, I try to live by it. Like, the universe is giving you all that you need to live with. You don't need anything else. So I try to live that way. And up to this day, I have, I think every day I have had everything I needed. I just wasn't looking at it the right way. So, yeah, like, I think my advice would be not to be afraid to ask and to always look for somebody else. Like, to me, friendships are the most important thing, I believe. And life has given me so many angels along the way. And my life wouldn't be the same without them. So just try to integrate to the community and try to find one person, two people that you connect with and just be yourself because that will take you a long way. That's beautiful. And that holds so much simple truth and optimism, which I think we all need to carry forth no matter where you're from and no matter where you are. It's something that we need to be reminded as humans to hold us and to just have faith, I guess. Yes. I have one last question for you today. I'm so grateful for this story. I feel very inspired by your resilience and and by the love that you carry forward. You have painted a mural that's at the entrance of the new Canadian Centre, and you have described it as your love letter to Canada. Can you tell me about this mural? Yes, I absolutely can. Um, Again, COVID hit. Surprise! So um, I was working in two restaurants, working at the art school, doing this, doing that, doing everything. Then I had nothing. And then, like, this was around maybe April. And Yvonne, again, because she knows I'm involved in the art community, she asked me, could you please make a proposal? Because we want to paint a mural for the entrance of the New Canadian Centre. So I came to the New Canadian Centre and... I was talking to Yvonne, she showed me, like, because it's just past Valentine's Day, so some kids have written some love letters to Peterborough, and, like, I'm seeing all these drawings, and it's so pretty, and and that was the spark. Like, maybe this is what I should do. Why don't we make this a love letter to Canada? What is it that you love about Canada? So it kind of represents everything that I love about Canada. I love the nature, I love the landscapes, I love the wildlife. I love how diverse Canada is. I love the dreams. Like everybody comes with a dream. Everybody comes with the hope of making a better life. All of that is represented through the mural. Even I admire the group of seven as an artist. And I even painted an island that is just like the group of seven-like. So it has many elements. It's, it's It's pretty much a Canadian landscape with some farm, lakes, the Rocky Mountains, Fall leaf falling, like flying around like the landscape. Poppies to represent the Remembrance Day and all the people that fought for Canada and defended Canada. Islands, like rocky islands to represent like the lakes around us in the Kawartas and the Muskokas and all that. It has some of the Canadian wildlife traveling around Canada. So it kind of wraps around everything I love about Canada. I made little paper airplanes flying around representing the dreams and the hope of a new home. The Canadian maple leaf painted in all the rainbow colors representing diversity. And it pretty much represents all the love I have for Canada. It's, I, I love it. And, and I'm so grateful for having that opportunity because I was able to express everything in one painting. You know? We are very lucky to have your art and your love in our our community in Peterborough. Thank you so much for sharing your joy and for sharing your story with us today. 
Thank you very much, Jill. It's my pleasure. If people wanted to see this art, if people wanted to be able to see the artwork that you were doing, is there a way that they can find you on the internet? Yes, there is. I have an Instagram page, a Facebook page, and a website. Uh, the Instagram page is at Autorino 88JM. So I will spell it for you. A-U-T-S-Tomato-O-R-I-N-O. 88JM, that is my Instagram page. And then on um, my website is autorinoart.com, www.autorinoart.com. Thank you so much. I look forward to checking you out and your art on the internet. Awesome. Thank you very much and thank you for this opportunity. Nice talking to you. You can learn more about the Living Library Project by visiting the New Canadian Centre's website at www.nccpeterborough.ca forward slash living library. The music used in this series was performed and recorded by local musician and multi-instrumentalist Matthew Watson. Thank you.